happy legal tampering period, I guess, everybody out there in draft draft world. This is the only time in the history of ever that I think it's called legal tampering. It's JP, it's Dan, and I'm confused as to why we call it free agency on Wednesday when everyone starts spending stupid amounts of money on Monday. Dude, the whole plan was we went over the AFC last time. We're going to go over the NFC today. It would be in place before free agency, so then we could blow it all up for the next show and talk about all the stuff that happened. And then everybody went out spending money like Atlanta, putting $250 million in contracts out there. Well, you say they're spending money, but it's only spending money in theory. It's, Theoretical it's money like is a, the best. It's like a, it's like a promise ring. <laughs> Yikes. Nothing Admittedly, spent no, that is. until Wednesday. Yeah, that is that is a decent analogy for those of you that uh, that don't under, even understand the concept of the promise ring. Yeah, it's the it's the step before the engagement ring that you buy a girl when you're thinking about getting to the engagement part, and you feel like you got to sort of lock it down even more than you did already. But you can still, still back out, out of that. Yeah, there's yeah. still a way out, and and you know what? There is a way out after the engagement ring too. But uh, it's it's not cool, bro. You don't it's you don't go harder. to that step. Yeah, you don't go to that step. But today, we, uh, like I said, we talked about the, uh, the AFC last time. We're going to talk about the NFC today, and we always go north, south, east, and west. And so we've got to start things off with the Detroit Lions, who actually have a little bit of cap space. They just restructured uh, Tracy Walker's deal to give them an extra $5 million. So what what does Detroit need to do? What are, the, what are the big points that they need to hit? And again, we're not going to break down all of the potential theoretical signings that have already happened. We'll, we'll mention them because it would be you know dumb not to, but... What does Detroit need to do to position themselves for next year? Well, I mean, sticking with the same theme that we did last time, I mean, go, like kind of discussing their their own free agents, if you will. The main two, like, that I really wanted them to re-sign, Jamal Williams and John Kaminsky. Right. With a third place being Alex Anzalone, and they, in theory, have got that one done. But, I mean, I, I would mm-hmm. absolutely bring those Jamal Williams and John Kaminsky back. Kaminsky played sure. great. Jamal Williams played great. And here's the thing with Jamal. I don't even care if he does anything close to what he did. Like, I'd almost pay this guy the mm-hmm. contract just for his the culture, his locker well, I think room it's Anzalone, presence. too. Yeah. Like, you got That's one fair, guy but he doesn't touch Jamal as far as culture and good vibes. No one in the NFL touches Jamal for culture. And That's good why vibes. I pay him. That is exactly why I'd pay him. But, you know, then if we talk about, like, outside needs other than that, Detroit's biggest need is is cornerback specifically, but in theory they could go just DB in general. I mean, there's room for Mm -hmm. safety as well. Right. Uh, After that, I would say D-line, and I would say linebacker a little bit. Uh, But offensively, the only thing you could really even argue their offense is solid. If they don't bring Mm -hmm. back Jamal, maybe another running back. But, I mean, really the only holes I see is right guard. And some people keep saying tight end. But, I -hmm. mean, they got a lot of good production out of, like, a tight end by committee approach, which I'm fine with. Right. So if they re-sign Jamal offensively, the only thing I really care about is a right guard. I mean, you could also make a a sneaky need as an outside wide receiver, but – for mm-hmm. me, it's really just cornerback and D-line are the main two, and that's what we've been going with, so I'll leave it at that. Right, and again, Cameron Sutton just got uh, supposedly locked up uh, for three years for Detroit, coming over from Pittsburgh. And again, we'll talk about all the ramifications of that later on, but I still mm-hmm. don't think that changes the calculus of trying to get another body back there. The interesting thing mm-hmm. is they paid Isaiah Bugs a little bit yesterday to come back, but I don't know that they're going to pay John Kaminsky. I don't know what Kaminsky's going to get out there, so that's an interesting position to be in. And of course, DJ Chark is going to be – uh, is a free agent. So the question is, do you bring him back? Do you let him walk and find somebody to replace him 
in the uh, in the draft. And then the other question, I mean, there's again, I'm going to say this as we did last time about every team. What about the offensive line? Detroit's offensive line in very good shape. But when you look at the cap hit, when you look at uh, Vitae, he right now is the fourth, fifth, the fifth highest cap hit of any player on the team for what might end up being a backup guard. So that's a concern for me as well. Like, do you do you move on from him? Do you find a way to to package him? Do you just cut him and take your five million dollar hit there and put someone else in that place? I don't know what the what the plan is. Maybe they like him better than I do, uh, but that's that's the big concern for me. On top of the other ones we talked no about, way. there's no way, <laughs> no way. He's what? got to be a cap casual. There's no there's no way they like him better than you do. He's the highest know. paid guard like in the league. That's not, not true. Like, no, I'm saying Second the highest-paid highest guard in the guard. league that isn't, like, worth anything. Well, Sorry. we'll talk about Andrews Pete later on as well. But at any rate, uh, anything else you want to talk about? I mean, Detroit, again, they're in good shape on one side of the ball. They're in questionable shape, you know, on the other side of the ball. Oh, There's yeah, a all, lot it's all to... defensively, but... Yeah, and that's what we talked about when we talk about where they're going to go with the draft, where they're going to go with free agency, uh, especially the draft piece is your first – got three picks in the top, what, like 50? And like six in the top 110 or whatever. I don't remember the exact numbers. The point is, most of those picks should be defense. If four or five of those guys aren't defensive players, and if two of the first three aren't defensive players, I kind of want to go down and have a chat with Brad Holmes. Not that he'll let me in his office, but you still. Agreed. And I mean, to me, like all the chatter, you, like it appears more and more likely every day that there's going to be four quarterbacks in the top five picks, uh, at the very least three. Yep. So here's all it's pretty easy with Detroit at six. If four go in the top six, you're getting either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty pretty easy and if again, four quarterbacks yeah. go. Now, Depending if it's on only, how things fall out with Carter. If it's correct. And if it's only th- three quarterbacks going in there, then I'm, odds are those two defensive players are gone. And now you're looking at choosing the DB of your liking. We both know we like Gonzo. Witherspoon has an outside chance. Um, other than that, I really think that's all they would consider right there. Well, you know who else spot. is getting thrown in there? I'm seeing people say Tyree Wilson. No, that ain't happening. I hope not. That and that's the thing. Yeah, we've um, talked about that too. <laughs> but again, then you go down to the 18 pick. I know I said I'd love to see Brian Branch there. Even if they went on, so mm-hmm. I think Branch has got a fit. We, we've explained that a, a whole fit. lot. I mean, you could talk about Kalaja Kansi going inside on that D-line. Right. Um. So you could uh, you could also make a case though that could be a, a sneaky spot for them to maybe grab one of those tight ends. I know we wouldn't do it. Um, they could also grab a guard if there's like an Osiris Torrance or somebody there and plug that. Just have the best O line in football at that right. point. <laughs> could you imagine that? I, I can, and it makes me happy. And I think there's a sneaky shot. Knowing they have so many other picks, let's say there's a slide on these wide receivers because none of them were big, mm-hmm. and the ones that are big didn't like produce statistically off the charts. Right. Let's say like th- some of those receivers slide, and you you've got mm-hmm. a shot. Like w- like what if Jackson Smith and Jigba does end up being the first wide receiver, and what if people do fall in love with how smooth Zay Flowers is? Like what if Quentin Johnston <laughs> is there? Like, no, he, would be the, he would be the one that would make sense because St. Brown's a shifty, like, do-it-all mm-hmm. type guy basically anywhere on the field. And then you've got, you know, like a, a Khalif Raymond who's just an outside speed guy. Like, if you've right. got a big body guy, that's what they don't have. They also mm-hmm. obviously Jamison Williams, outside speed guy, like the young right. gun. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
I, I, he would be the one wide receiver if he slides at 18 and raise a couple eyebrows be like, well. Right. Yeah, but again, it's one of those things <laughs> so, where it's like, well, you got an opportunity to, to, to lock down a type, an archetype of a receiver that they don't have right now. It makes sense, yeah. So overall, this is this is fun because last year I think we were mildly, I want to say mildly optimistic is probably almost generous for where the lines were at. We thought they'd be all right, but at the same time we were mildly concerned. It feels like we're like this 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 is a positive, fresh, happy sort of vibe coming from Detroit, which we haven't had in a long time. It's pretty nice. I mean, I now can't, we should talk about Green can't Bay. Can't be mad about it, man. That's just what a transition that is. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, we do have to talk about Green Bay because. We cover every team in this league, even if we'd like to kick them. And the Green Bay Packers have more questions than the Detroit Lions, and it's so lovely to say that. But and the first they one obviously do. starts under center. The question is, what's going to happen? Aaron Rodgers is – I, I got to think he's enjoying just a little bit being able to hold Green Bay a little bit hostage. Uh, and, again, I don't think he's – he's not Brett Favre level with this, obviously, because Favre waited until June one year and has always done that silly dance until – you know, he ended up finally getting booted off to New York, and it could be where uh, Rodgers ends up. We've heard a lot of chatter of him going to the Jets, but do you think that Jordan they're, they're comfortable going with Jordan Love, or are they just saying it? They have to be comfortable with Jordan Love. They spent a first-round pick on him and stood by that decision despite Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the world, even me. Packers, you're my least favorite team in football. Sorry, Packers fans, but guess what? I'm totally on board with the fans and Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know... They basically, in some sort of a way, wasted a little bit of the talent of Aaron Rodgers. Like they yep. could have drafted so much better to put pieces around him mm-hmm. to just make runs, and they're drafting backup quarterbacks in the first round. There's, <laughs> they had three. I, mm-hmm. I could be wrong on this, but you had Aaron Jones and had Jamal Williams, and or could have brought back mm-hmm. Jamal Williams. He would have been mm-hmm. there. And you're spending picks on AJ Dillon. Now, I love AJ Dillon. I'm sure. a diehard Boston College fan, but it's like I don't know. It's very questionable that draft decisions from them, but just to get back right. on track here, to the no, go ahead, there, keep bashing them. I'm not. No, I'm agreeing <laughs> with, dude. I'm agreeing with Aaron yeah. Rodgers and the fans. How does that but make you feel, like in your soul? It makes me feel like I can be non-biased and set aside my differences and give an honest take. That's what it makes okay, me feel cool. like. Well, at least one of us uh, can be. Continue. The biggest needs for me, I mean. I think the biggest need is well, the biggest need is quarterback, but you can't Obviously, do anything right, yeah. with that because you they, you spent a first round pick and you've groomed Jordan Love and you got to see mm-hmm. what's there. But so with that being said, the biggest need I think is D line um, offensively. Yep. I also think, as weird as it may sound, I might I might say tight end. Now I know I said I wouldn't take a tight end in the first round, right? Well, yeah, when your me. top two tight ends are free agents, you got to figure something out. Yeah, because they, they got. Yeah, they got their top two tight ends free agent. They also have Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed free mm-hmm. agents on the D-line. So, I mean, with that being said, like, he could be there. We'll see. He's moving up draft boards. But if I were Green Bay or Green Bay fans, my dream fit would be Lucas Van Ness. Mm-hmm. For the yeah, type I of defense like... they run, like, he just feels like he right. is perfect. Absolutely Yeah, I was looking at him. Um, I think he might be gone by the time they pick, which uh, the, the, the player that – well, the guy that, that stands out to me when I was looking at how their defense is set up is is like a Brian Brzee because he's that kind of bigger but still able to control, you know, the edge sort of uh, – and defensive end because, again, they run more of a 3-4 there. 
And so he could be at 6'5", 300, a guy who just kind of sits there on the side. He's not Kenny Clark. He doesn't need to be. They don't need a 350-pounder. They need someone who can who can kind of settle down on, on the side and give him a little bit of pressure. So that's another possibility. I think Van Ness now, would be more fun for them. Now, what I would say as well, though, is I feel like this draft is almost set up kind of perfectly if they do go wide receiver. No, I don't think they should. I know that sure. Lazard and Cobb are free agents, and it, wide receivers mm-hmm. very often listed as a need for them. Right. I Obviously, for anyone who's been listening, I'm a big fan of Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. Romeo Dobbs flashed at times. Maybe they do need a third piece. I'm not sure I'd go that route in round one. But if they did, I know that's specific. We've been kind of highlighting that is mostly what we're going on here. Right. But um, it could fit perfectly because Watson's a bigger guy with some outside speed, and there's not many big guys in here. So, like, mm-hmm. You, they could be a Jackson Smith and Jigba. It could be a Zay Flowers. It, it sure. could be any of those. It could be any of those guys that we're talking about in those that range that would make sense. It's not mm-hmm. the direction I would personally go, but no. But the amount of and then irony. You've also got you've also got Adrian Amos. It's gone there. Like this could be a perfect fit for a Brian Ban- Branch who could play corner or safety going there and i mean we keep throwing out a lot of the same names yeah but i mean well and again the detroit and green bay are picking in similar range for that uh that detroit second pick and green bay's first pick the it was gonna be fun for me is watching your face if brian branch is still sitting there and a wide receiver whoever else is still sitting there and you being just so anxious that green bay is going to take your favorite guy in the draft but it would also be the hilarious Dude, if irony, they took van ness flowers <laughs> or branch i would cry yeah, fair. Uh, but what would uh, what would the the hilarious level of irony be if, let's say, Aaron Rodgers does do the the deal with the the Jets, go over there, and then Green Bay takes a first round wide receiver? Dude, that'd be so pleasant I, for as me. As long as it's not Zay Flowers, <laughs> that would right. It would be enjoyable, but I'd just be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and that's would they and do again, that so. just to spite him because he's enjoying oh, what's man. going on now. I don't and know. Like, okay, I've... this is the best thing we can do. This doesn't feel uh, again the Brett Favre level of toxic that it got to with the uh, with the relationship between them. I mean, there's there's definitely a little bit of animosity that's grown over the last few years because obviously Rodgers. And again, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is wrong on any of the things that he said that the teams needs to do, but it, usually when you see a player trying to be a GM, uh, it doesn't always end well, you know. So that's a that's a Russell Wilson uh, dig for you right there. But yeah, I think we we've kind of covered the big spots they need to do. They need to look at the defensive line, obviously, whether that's in free agency uh, and snapping up one of the guys that's still out there, or if it's just waiting on the draft, they could also use, like we said, a safety. Uh, and then the interior O-line wouldn't be a bad spot to look at as well, because while the guys are under contract, it's not necessarily like they have great guys under contract. So that kind of wraps up green Bay. Now I'm going to Chicago. So we're getting all of your teams out of the way first that you don't want to talk about. So mm-hmm. we can just make sure that you don't have to deal with them. Now, I obviously love myself some Chicago Bears. I, I think Skyler might be a bigger fan than I am, uh, our buddy from uh, from actual Chicago. Oh, yeah, he but, definitely is. But the Bears, I mean, when I looked at the team needs and the things that they were looking at, I mean, linebacker was one question. And then they went out and spent a bunch of money on linebackers yesterday. So that kind of helps that, even if I don't necessarily agree with it. Here's the thing. Here's my question for you. Would you rather have... Tremaine Edmonds for four years and 18 million or Roquan Smith for five years and 20 million. Cause that's what they just did. They basically just paid Tremaine Edmonds, almost Roquan Smith's money. And I don't care who's making more money. When you talk about the two of those, one is 
a blue chip player and one's a very solid player. And I'm going to go blue chip every time Roquan Smith wins. Right. And again, you can try to sit back and say, oh, well, the Bears got some draft capital for Roquan Smith. Yeah, sure. But at the at the end of the day, uh, I didn't I didn't disagree with the Roquan trade because they weren't ever going to give him five years and 100 million. I get that, but I do disagree. And that's the thing. It's like they should have agreed 100%. I would have totally done that. So can bring him to Detroit. But the, the problem that I have is when teams make one smart decision and then make a dumb one off of that smart decision they just made. Smart for their for the way that they're trying to build their team. I don't begrudge anybody moving on from a player. I take it back. I don't begrudge almost anybody moving on from a player because Tennessee and A.J. Brown, yeah, well, we talked about that. So, But what this does is it gives them, you know, T.J. Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, that are both there to kind of plug that linebacker spot. Uh, but they still have Nicholas Morrow as a free agent, so a linebacker could definitely still be a little bit of a concern for him. Uh, and then they definitely need to work on their D-line a little bit. That's why uh, Carter was definitely somebody that's been mocked to them uh, ad nauseum when they've been doing that. Because, again, it's not like they have uh, anybody who's a free agent on their starting side of things, but the, the depth is where they need some help. And, again, the guys they have there aren't terrible, but they're not great. There's a, a position for an upgrade. The other big question offensively for them is, I mean, they've, they've definitely got some questions on the line. That's uh, one of the reasons why they, they went out and paid Nate Davis. But then also, I mean, I don't know. Tevin Jenkins isn't bad. I don't know if they don't look at maybe doing something else at tackle. They don't have to force an offensive lineman here. But if they did, something like Skaronsky would be perfect. I think we we can mock him to almost every team <laughs> if they if you have an offensive line problem. Uh, they help themselves with the wide receiver thing with DJ Moore with the trade for the first pick. So that piece is kind of taken care of, too. So the Bears have done some things to help themselves out, but they still don't know what they're doing at running back because are they going to keep Khalil Herbert and let David Montgomery walk? I don't know how much money Montgomery is going to command, to be honest with you out there. And then the big thing they've got to figure out is how they can position themselves monetarily for Justin Fields because Fields does not obviously have his uh, his – second contract and on the books yet which is why dj moore is technically now the top cap hit for the chicago bears but that money's going to come up after next season because you got to imagine the bears are going to uh get that fifth year option in there and then they're going to be working on an extension so within a year or two chicago is going to be cap strapped again right now they're in good shape but that's the thing how they position themselves going forward is going to make a big difference for them what about minnesota minnesota is an interesting squad that's <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much what it is. So, Good way of putting it. It's it's, it's interesting because it literally lines up perfectly with how nearly everybody in planet Earth has been saying this team overachieved. Like their record is a lot better than what they actually are. But th- they could go like anywhere, man. Mm-hmm. They literally could, especially now that like the one spot that's often listed as a need for them where I was like, nah, I ain't buying it. It was wide receiver. Like, you arguably have the best wide receiver in the league, and you got a very solid vet next to him. Well, the vet's gone. Whoops. Adam Thielen's gone. So now I'm kind of on board with the wide receiver take. I know they could use a center because Bradbury's a free agent. Mm -hmm. I always thought all season long that the D-line slash edge rushers needed help, which they still do. Right. And you've, you've got DB. You need DB help, and Harrison Smith's not getting any younger, and he's like the guy back there, so... Louis Seen, I know, and Metellus. So I I would say cornerback because Seen and Metellus could slide between those two. And they just let, I think they're going to be okay. And they let Peterson go. So, yeah. So basically, they could go anywhere on defense other than safety. Offensively, they could go center or wide receiver. So they got a lot of holes. The problem is they've got the 24th pick and they don't pick again Mm -hmm. until 88, thanks to, you know, TJ Hawkinson sending those picks to Detroit. Right. Um. So they they got to 
in all honesty, I think they just got to go best player available at 24 just to try yep. to move the needle. I mean, I have a tough time. There's no center <laughs> they're taking there. I have a tough time thinking you're going to take a wide receiver there when you have all the other holes and you already have Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So I would like to think that you could target wide receiver later. I mean, yeah. it is a pretty deep wide receiver class in sense of like solid players. There's no like blue chip guys per se, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of players out there. So take a wide receiver around 88 and maybe just go best defensive player period. That's not a safety on the board at 24. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah, think, I think the top sense. three corners would be there. You could be looking no. at. Deontay Banks, you could be looking at Cam Smith. I highly mm-hmm. doubt it, but maybe maybe Brian Branch. I mean. No, Branch is making it past 18. <laughs> I say that's what they could do after the Peterson mm-hmm. thing. Now, if you want to know what I would do, I might be looking at some of those edge rushers that could slide slash defensive linemen. I feel like a Miles Murphy, this could be an awesome pick there because he could fill in, mm-hmm. move around, and have a little bit of fun in that defense. Um you could be looking at some of the guys I expect. Like, where's Nolan Smith going to go? He would be a fantastic fit here when they're running like a 3-4 type thing. Is he sure? Uh, he's gone skyrocket this point, from but... the combine? Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, he could be there. Could be there. He might not be. He could be looking at like the B.J. Ojolaris, you know. I mean, maybe sure. if Drew Sanders creeps up, he could be a fit there. I mean, yeah, they're they, in they a fun spot. a lot of directions. The, the, the good news Hall, from Minnesota. Right. And so the good news for Minnesota is they have a lot of options. The bad news is they, they have do. a lot of holes to fill. And they don't have yeah, the money I mean, for it either is the thing. They're already cap-strapped as it is. Correct. That pretty so, much sorts us out for the uh, NFC North, though. I'm going to jump down south. And, uh, you know, the first team we're going to talk about in the south is the team that spent so much money already, or at least has promised ringed so much money already to a lot of different players. And that's the Atlanta Falcons. And admittedly, they had a lot of things to figure out and they have a lot of holes to fill. So it makes sense that they would be spending the kind of money that they're spending. When you look at the holes that they still have to fill, I mean, wide receiver is definitely a spot that they need to do something about because they have Drake London and a whole lot of question marks. And so that's a spot where they can definitely look at spending some money. Can I give you some breaking news real quick? Yeah, go for it. I know we're, I know we're not doing the the free agency takes, but. For a team we talked about yesterday, the Raiders, we kind of highlighted a little bit like they could maybe maybe look at a partner in crime for Adams. Uh-huh. I know we talked about wide receiver maybe being a need for the Patriots. Well, uh-huh. definitely a need for the Patriots. No longer need to worry about the Raiders because they just signed Jacoby Myers. All right, there you are. And so that that's the fun thing. This is why we're trying to get this done before all this stuff. because you know, Allegedly so are signing change. Jacoby Allegedly. Myers. Yeah, okay, so that obviously helps him, them out. They gave him the promise ring. All right, that that helps them out, obviously. And uh, and we're going to talk about – I'm going to throw some news back at you if you don't talk about it a little later on. But uh, the Falcons, again, like we are talking about, we talk about wide receivers. They could have used Jacoby Myers. They could choose a bunch of guys. Uh, and, again, like you said, with the way that room's shaping up, the uh, they did give themselves you know a little bit of help uh, with uh, with some of the picks they made. They, they got uh, – they gave Jonu Smith – uh, they gave a seventh round pick rather for Johnny Smith. Uh, and so they've got him at tight end, which helps a little bit, but also he wasn't much help in, in new England. So they're obviously banking on him going back to his, uh, Tennessee form. Now that they have Tennessee people in, in the house with Arthur Smith, uh, they definitely need to do something about uh, right tackle, whether that's re-signing Caleb McGarry or looking somewhere in the draft, which is definitely a possibility for them at the, the pick that they're at at eight. 
Uh, on defense, one of the questions I did have was whether or not they were going to do anything about their D-line, and they did yesterday a little bit. And I'm not saying that um, that David Onamata isn't an amazing signing. I mean, he's he's definitely plugging a hole, uh, but I don't know with the way that they run their defense and more of that three, four thing. I don't know that he's, he's certainly not a bad pick, but that still leaves them with a middle linebacker. They got to do something about, uh, and then their secondary shoot, they spent a bunch of money on Jesse Bates. So that's going to help out. Uh, but then also they still definitely have at least one spot there that they could use uh, to cover it. And here's the thing I'm talking about literally having bodies in places. I'm not talking about talent level. Atlanta's talent level is still not where it needs to be. I mean, you're, you're riding in right now with, Desmond Ritter at quarterback, and they did just uh, spend some money on Taylor Heineke. So that or will hypothetically be spending money on Taylor Heineke uh, to be uh, more or less a backup slash competitor for that job, because there's never been a quarterback competition that Taylor Heineke hasn't tried to win. And I, I love the dude from his competitiveness and his, his he's got all of the, the moxie and things that you love. He just doesn't have the talent. So he's going to be a great fun. He's going to be the, the the next Ryan Fitzpatrick of the backup that everybody wants to see start until he starts. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's better as a backup. I don't know. Uh, they, they're good at, you know, running back. They're good at a couple of his offensive line spots. They've got, you know, the, the safety situation looks better than it did uh, coming into the week. But again, there's still some spots that they could they can address. And there's talent upgrades, you know, all over the place. Uh, but they just spent a ton of money. And so we'll see how those pieces end up fitting there in Atlanta, because again, this is a division in the NFC South that is there for the taking because who's going to step up in that division? Well, that is a very good question, Dan. <laughs> what I, I'm going to start with Tampa Bay and I don't know, maybe some of the news you were talking about. Here's the fact that Tampa Bay, well, they already had an offensive line need. It'd be a little better when Jensen's fully healthy and mm-hmm. worse had a little ups and downs with health as well. But they just traded Shaq Mason. Mm-hmm. So he's gone. So offensive line's back to being in need. You, I, obviously, mm-hmm. I should have just started with quarterback being in need. I mean, I'm kind of interested <laughs> to see what happens with Kyle Trask. Allegedly, mm-hmm. they're talking about signing Baker Mayfield. Right. But Brady's gone. Gabbert's even a free agent. So, I mean, he wasn't going to start, but, I mean, he was Well, let's he was get Blaine some more money. To, yeah, well, see. Um, <laughs> wide receiver. You've heard people here. It's really tough with Tampa because I've heard wide receivers are on the block. Like, but I mean, mm-hmm. let's just talk about some of their free agents. So, so Brady's gone. Julio Jones, Scotty Miller, Brashad Perryman, all free agents at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, you've got Golston, you got Hicks, you got David, you got Logan Ryan, Mike Edwards, Keanu Neal, uh, J- mm-hmm. Jamel Dean was a free Murphy Bunting. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Carl Nassa, Dan, they need everything, dude. Well, again, this is a team that went all in over the last couple of years with Tom Brady, and this is what happens. Like, there's no way, I don't care, even with the way that New Orleans they have, tried to they do didn't have much gymnastics. money either, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's no way to continue the all in, you have to, the, the bill comes due, and the bill is coming due for Tampa Bay now. The, the fun and, I guess, ridiculous part about it is the Bills coming due in a division that's still winnable. So Tampa might try to convince themselves that they can put together a team that can still win this division. And so it's a wild time to be a Buccaneer fan. What I mean, so they pick at 19, and you sure. just heard the gauntlet of players I just ran <laughs> through. Mm-hmm. It's best player available. I mean, I get, I understand your point completely that you know, may, this division's not good, so maybe they think they win it. Um, I don't know who you're taking there that you think's going to move the 
the needle enough to compete in the division. You've got sure. no. I mean, you you're not going to draft a quarterback. No. Down there, you know, like no. wh- what are you going to do? Like, are you going to try? Are you going to try to grab like a, a running a running back's the only thing that might move the needle on the offense? But like, but I'm not drafting a, a running idea. back. Right. It'd be it's a god awful idea. They're gonna I mean, they're gonna have to go defense, I think, with that first pick. Just looking at what they're looking right now, because when least, you talk about Shaq I, Mason taking off, I mean, Luke Gadecki, yeah, fire chips, is sitting there to potentially take that spot. But he didn't play I agree last with that. year, so I agree with that. I was gonna say it's it's on offense to me. It's O line, or you're going any position on the defense, right? Sure. So mm-hmm. you, you could literally <laughs> insert any player's name that we've discussed going in that range. I mean, mm-hmm. on the defensive line, it could – we won't even – like their next pick they've got, though, is 51. So let's play that out. The defensive mm-hmm. line, you could grab a lot of the guys we've been talking about. It could be the Brisset, right. it could be the Murphys, all the usual suspects. But if I'm mm-hmm. thinking at 51, you could be going like a, a Will McDonald down there. You could be going – a Tyreek Stevenson, a, a little in-state guy there at corner. Right. Could be going to B.J. Ojolari, a Thule, Tui Polutu. I don't know how to say his last name. Thule, you know what I'm talking about. Right. And Thule's an interesting be, could, pick, too, because he's a guy that we had at 290 and then came into the combine at 266, so he could yeah. be a defensive end, but it would, or like a 3-4 defensive end if you put him back up close to that 290. If he's 266, now you put him in a linebacker and then he'll be out of position. Mm-hmm. So. It could be it could be Foskey, it could be Felix. I mean, there's a lot of really really good players that could be like. And the reason I bring this up is if I'm Tampa, I'm cap strapped. You're not getting any free mm-hmm. agents. First round costs a lot of money. You got these many this many holes. Like, do you try to move out of 19 and move back? Like, who who is a team hmm. in the second round who could potentially mm-hmm. be wanting to move up? to get a player and here's the hilarious thing and i totally disagree with it but (laughs) detroit has a ton of picks like how and they've got a decent amount of money would they package some sort of picks and try to move up do like 49 and 56 for 19 no get three that's why i said it's a terrible idea it's absolutely terrible idea to me but i mean this is the only team that popped into my my head that i know has two picks Right. Like on the fly in the second round or even, but it could be a second round and a third pick. I mean, right. Like the thing I'd with this more... draft, like we said, is the 16 to 50 is the same caliber of players. So right. instead of picking at like 19, that's outside of the 16, just barely granted, mm-hmm. he might still have somebody good there. Like, right. Wouldn't you just rather have three like top 50 picks than have any first round in this draft if you're not picking at the top of it? Well, right, especially if you got money issues. I think the the thing that might also be more likely is a team that doesn't have a first round pick, which admittedly is cannibalizing themselves for the future. Still, maybe trying to see if they can come back up and and grab nineteen for for a decent you know return. Like for example, Miami doesn't have a pick until fifty two because of the the forfeit that they had taken away from them. Maybe they do something to package up to move up. There's someone they really like. But yeah, that's the fun part about all this stuff. Like we. And again, we, we joke about this. Like when we, we, we do our, our mock drafts, we always want to debate, hey, is it what we would do or what we think the teams are going to do? Because you and I would not build a football team like most of these teams build football teams. We say that now because we don't have millions of dollars, you know, trying to keep keep us in our jobs. But still, it's like it seems like teams get off of the focus of what usually builds a championship team and they just start spraying themselves all over the place. 
Yeah, and the Bears have a ton of holes too, but I mean, what if they're mm-hmm. just trying to get some blue chip talent? Well, the Bears have two second round picks. Right. Would the, the Bears, Bears trade got, both their they got nine got so the, they could the, Exactly, they could do something there too. But yeah, you've got nine, so you could take your Paris Johnson or offensive lineman of your choice, take the two seconds or something like that. Well, they would it wouldn't cost quite that much, but you get it. Package some picks, move up to nineteen. Put stop, another stop solid trying piece to hurt. There. Stop trying to hurt the teams I like. That's all right. Let's move on though. You get <laughs> all I'm saying is is they got a lot of holes. They can't chase anything in free agency. So the draft is cheaper, and the second round's cheaper in the first round. So try to get as many sure. picks in the second round as you can and plug some of these. You're gonna notice a theme, by the way, for the NFC South, and that is teams with a lot of holes that need to figure some stuff out. And New Orleans is kind of in a similar uh, ballpark. It's a little different what their holes are because they got a lot of guys under contract, but uh, do they necessarily have the right guys under contract? I mean, when you look at their wide receiver room, Michael Thomas seems ecstatic about Derek Carr, but he also is a free agent, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, That's definitely a question mark for them is what they're going to do at wide receiver. They obviously have the options there around. If they don't keep uh, either Michael Thomas or uh, Jarvis Landry in those spots, then you definitely have to look at wide receiver, but I wouldn't do that in the first round. I think that's more of a, a second round pick. Uh, they could use another offensive lineman on the inside. I feel, and again, like we talked about with, uh, you know, certain guys being overpaid. I mean, Andrews Pete right now is the top cap hit on this team. And he is a, at this point in his career has kind of gotten to the point where he's basically a mediocre guard. No offense to him. I would never say that to his face because he's a lot larger than I am, but he's costing him, you know, $18 million on the cap hit for this team. And admittedly, they're at a spot where they needed to, because again, talk about draft reckoning with uh, with everything that's been going on with them and how they tried to play shell game with their money to try to keep the team going as long as they could with Peyton and with uh, with Drew Brees. But it's just, they're in, they're in a rough spot. So they've got guys under contract. They have the best guys under contract. What's going to happen with Alvin Kamara? Is he even going to play this year? that's still up in the air with them. And if he doesn't play, now you've got uh, Dwayne Washington as your top running back that's under contract right now. Again, not saying he's a bad choice, but you, you get where I'm going with this. They don't have players at that position running back. Not that that's a first-round thing for them either because they have so many other holes. On uh, defense, they, they don't, it's the, the depth for the secondary that they definitely have issues with. And then uh, you've got a couple different spots on the line that they can look at. They, they don't have you know kind of one of their main uh, interior defensive tackles, which is, I think, an area they could look at in the first round. Uh, but they, they're they just a team that's still in transition. But again, because of the fact they just spent money on Derek Carr, because the NFC South is shaping up to be the dumpster fire division right now, again, this is all preliminary, who knows, right? That's the fun part about this league is the idea that everything's so much parity. But this is a team that is trying to contend without – the ability to contend, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with any of that. <laughs> you good on Feel that? Free. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take it to Carolina. There's a bit of excitement okay. going on in Carolina here. They have more optimism than New Orleans does. Yeah. So here's the thing: when you look at Carolina's needs, like a lot of people will say, basically they they could use anything on defense. But at the end of the day. I feel like they could use anything on defense, but there's nothing like mm-hmm. pressing, pressing. I mean, their defense is, pretty, all things considered, pretty solid. I mean, when you have Brian Burns and Derek Brown up front, that's huge. And then throwing in the fact that you have like a Udo Grossmatos who's solid-ish. You've got Frankie and Shaq at linebacker. I know they, they lost Littleton, one of their free agent acquisitions. Mm-hmm. But um, 
in the DBs, you still got J.C. Horn and Jeremy Chin, and I know they signed C.J. Henderson. He had his ups and downs everywhere, but <laughs> I don't know. There's there's nothing super pressing, but they could use mm-hmm. anybody anywhere. So I don't think they're there's nothing screaming to me that they need that on defense. I mean, the obvious thing right. is quarterback. That's why I said there's excitement. They have the number one pick. Right. They're you taking know, a quarterback. It, yeah, I mean, I I think it's Stroud. That's who I would mm-hmm. take. That feels wrong saying every time. <laughs> um, but you know, I truly don't know though, because like I said, I I mm-hmm. feel like I could make the pitch for Stroud. That's what it should be. That's what I think it will be. Right. But with 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 Bryce coming in with the height and the weight, maybe they're mm-hmm. all on board with that. I mean, he is the most accurate guy in the draft. He does right. have the best tape in the draft. We also know that a year ago there are rumors the owner was in love with Levis, and then we also mm-hmm. know that Richardson destroyed the combine and, and gives them not, shades of Cam. He Newton. looks like a he looks like a more athletic version of Cam Newton. So scary. I don't know is what I'm saying. Like it could it could be any of the four to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. um, so insert quarterback at one. But dude, Carolina <laughs> Carolina picks it again at forty. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather spend a minute or two trying to figure out 40. And then they pick again at 90. So, like, maybe 90 is where you focus on some of the back. Like, like who's something like a – you could take, like, a, a Hodges Tomlinson or a uh, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Forbes, one of the smaller cornerbacks who have excellent tape, but they're just so small they're scary and could slide but right. still probably go on day two. That would mm-hmm. be a perfect pick just to throw a dart at the wall and see if you hit gold. I mean – Right, because you got J.C. Horn is six one, so yeah, cor- correct. So I would say somewhere in that late the ninety range or wherever they're at, mm-hmm. throw a shot at one of these smaller corners who have great tape that people are scared to take forty or well one take a quarterback forty get your just get yourself like the best player available like you could be sitting at forty and grab any of those later edge rushers I was talking about you know like a, right. Uh, it could be one of the linebackers too. Like that, that could be mm-hmm. a Jack Campbell. That could be a Trenton Simpson. Um, it could, it could be where you go like the BJ Ojolari's Will McDonald routes, but maybe, maybe they get another wide receiver there. I mean, people talk about needing wide receiver after getting rid of DJ Moore, but Terrence Marshall's had flashes. LaVisca Chenault, you can have a lot of fun with, and you know that I you was like a him. pretty I was a pretty big fan of Shy Smith coming out of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, they do need a wide receiver, but they got three guys who've flashed, if you will. Sure. And it's not awful. Their other teams <laughs> are in much worse position. And let's not forget, they flashed with who at quarterback? Correct. So, but, you know, for, but here's the thing: they take a young quarterback, and the defense is solid like that. There aren't any screaming needs. Like, what if at 40 they took a Jameer Gibbs? Like, what if you had... I was going to say, yeah. What if you had a, a C.J. Stroud and Jameer Gibbs right there, and then you can take it, the cornerback at 90? I would have to think that Carolina mm-hmm. not only would be pretty excited with that, I'm not a huge fan of taking the running backs, but in this division where it's mm-hmm. up for grabs, if you throw a Jameer Gibbs and a C.J. Stroud in there with that defense, even with those middle tierish wide receivers they'd have to be favorites to win this thing well and that would be interesting too because we're we're also expecting uh, a rookie quarterback to play well and that's always you know up in the air when we talk about the guys making the transition though i do think outside of cj stroud 
the the big thing Stroud needs to to figure out is how to handle pressure, and he did a better job against Georgia. So if he can figure that piece out, then I think he'll be all right because he does have uh, he's not as accurate as Bryce Young, but he's definitely the the next most accurate quarterback coming out of there. But I think by a mile, the two of them are head and shoulders above the rest when it comes to that, which I get is funny with uh, the size of, uh, of Bryce Young. But still, uh, that's the other thing too is like running back obviously is an unsettled position outside of Chuba Hubbard, uh, and again, that's whether or not you think he's a, a solid piece to have there. So definitely, Carolina Dude, I- has. So much optimism right now. I'm looking at their roster right now, and insert quarterback and Jameer Gibbs. I love this. Sure. Yeah. I mm-hmm. wonder what Carolina fans would feel about that. They not obviously the quarterback's going to happen, but I wonder what they right. feel about starting both offensively and going running back quarterback. I, I'm looking at it. I dig it. Sure. Yeah. And again, that's not something we usually uh, we usually no. say for a team. I like but- it. They aren't in terrible shape. I mean, and again, I think you can always upgrade positions on the offensive line. We talk about that ad nauseum, but Carolina of the four teams right now, right now, this is the fun part. We still have the rest of free agency with, with the actual signing of contracts and we've still got the draft. But right now, Carolina looks like they are in really good shape, which is probably why Frank Reich came over there when they were looking at a head coach. He said that team, that Dude, team, everybody they brought in, everybody they brought in has QB like coaching, developing mm-hmm. ability. Because they right. even got Caldwell in there, like everybody in, like it's which they dude, knew what their focus okay, was going to be. Wait a second, this is a long Uh-oh. take on Carolina. Carolina's oh, <laughs> thinking about that and saying it out loud that every single person mm-hmm. they brought in on that staff is don't do meant it to develop a quarterback. Is are don't they going with the owner's guy? Are they going Will Levis? Oh, I thought you were going to say Richardson, but yeah, maybe. I mean, and again, that's the well, it that's could be where Richardson, but Will Levis is mm-hmm. a guy that. Everybody loves. We don't see it. I know his tape varies from year to year. I know there's right. injuries. I know he lost his wide receivers. He had no help. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's interesting. I you it, even oh, what you man. alluded to right there. Like, is it? Could it be Richardson? Like, Here's what it comes down to. And I, this I'm is starting this to is feel like it it's not fun. Bryce Young. Why do you bring no, in? We're that talking ourselves out of it. Right. We're, we're talking ourselves out of it. Right. Uh, and that's the that's where it's fun is like we are trying now to get into the mind of the Carolina Panthers top brass and say, do they believe that whatever needs to be worked on with these quarterbacks is something that they can work on? And do they think that this quarterback is someone who will take that work? And if you if you looked at at the guys and what I know about their personality, which is nothing more than what I've read in a bunch of articles and things like that, if I had to choose between and again this is by no means a knock on any of these guys i don't know them personally but what i've read if i had to choose between will levis and anthony richardson i would take anthony richardson because he seems like a great guy who wants to put in the work even if he's nowhere near ready yet but again that's part of the fun but i feel like he's more receptive to coaching i don't know that about will levis i'm not saying he's not but anthony richardson stands out to me as amazing character guy from everything that i've read about him but just not their talent, not talent wise, yes, but not their fundamentals, discipline, et cetera, wise yet. And so, are you willing to go through those growing pains, especially when you've got the possibility of owning this division for the next couple of years if you get this pick right? There's, we're gonna have a lot of fun debating that. I, My goodness, I'm not getting get- yet. I think I've talked myself out of Bryce Young going number one just because of the staff they brought in. <laughs> Right. Yeah. How we got ourselves into spending this much time on, on the NFC South, which is such a mess. I think that's why it's because any team could make some moves and win this division. But I think that is a good way for us to just go to a beer break. And we were thinking about what we we're going to talk about. Obviously, the last time we did the show, it was Sunday afternoon, so we could have a beer. We try not to drink at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. So that's why we're not uh, cracking one open today. But 
there's something coming up in a couple days that usually demands at least a beverage or two. And we're jumping out of our realm of knowledge and we're going from a ball that's oblong to one that's round because March Madness is right around the corner, which is two of the best days of sports in the year, even if you're a football fan, because you've got basketball from noon to midnight and there's always some crazy thing that happens where some small school ends up hitting some shots and beats a big one, right? And so the question that I had for you before we got started here at JP is, what do you drink? when you know you've got 12 hours of sports that you can just settle in and have fun with? Where, where are you going with, with your mindset of, I need these beers? I know in the past we've had similar debates and we talked about just insert your favorite session or mm-hmm. low ABV uh, craft beer because you know you're going to be crushing <laughs> them all. I mean, you could just go nostalgic and just crush like some PBR, but long story <laughs> short, I, I'm going to find something that I can – have if several of and you know still not get too wild but i can sip slowly ish and enjoy but when i think about march like that's where i'm starting to get the that's where i'm starting to get the itch to play golf again mm-hmm. you know like spring's creeping in like showing you flashes granted it just snowed the other day but <laughs> I'm still, it's you, like you get where i'm going with it so when i think mm-hmm. march i'm thinking like summer and what do i always say like my favorite like summer's here beers are it's those grapefruit ipas man so sure. And when I say that, like, I think I love IPAs and I love hazy IPAs, but grapefruit IPAs might be my favorite because I feel like it's the best Mm -hmm. in both worlds. You know, like you get a regular IPA with a little citrus vibes, but it's not overdone like the hazies. You get the double down on the bitterness, which for whatever reason I love. But long story Mm -hmm. short, here in March, Shorts Brewing in Michigan, Hop Stash is coming out. Maybe I'll even – I feel like I haven't seen Perrin's Grapefruit IPA in a while either, but mm-hmm. either one of those, I'm down for it. The Hop Stash, you can really only get in six packs, but Perrin, right. they put those out in cases. Right. So one, one of those two is the direction I would be going. And actually, I think you and I are doing a little house remodeling this weekend, and I might have to keep my eye out for it, except for we got too many other things, so – <laughs> well, hey, you know, if you find some hop stash, you can always, it you can always drink Patty's one. You can hang we should have done a St. Patty's Day thing. What are we doing? Oh, no, we'll talk about that next time, dude. That's that's what the oh. next one's about because we're, we might be recording on St. Patty's Day. It might be the day after because we don't want to, you know, get our, get in the way of recording, right? But uh, we'll talk about that next time because that is coming up this weekend as well. And it's why it's so much fun because you can watch basketball. You can have St. Patty's stuff going on and you can be painting a house like we are crazily doing. But I will take you on that uh, that grapefruit thing because I just had a very odd grapefruit beer yesterday that a friend gave me when we were helping people move some stuff. And that is from Red Hair Brewing Company in georgia so that's down that way and it is called the spf 5050 india pale rattler it was a a weird concept sounds like a vehicle or a jet just about right and so what it is is i mean it's definitely a beer for the beach it's the kind of beer you drink when it's sunny and hot out so it wasn't quite perfect weather for that in michigan yesterday but what it is is it is an an ipa ish but it's the rattler style so they put grapefruit juice into it and usually rattlers are way too sweet but because it's grapefruit and because grapefruit has that bitterness in it to begin with, it wasn't all that bad. It wasn't amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's not the style of beer that you or I either really you know, enjoy. But at 4.2%, if you don't mind all of the, the the juice in there, and again, this is something that I think fits much better in a different time period than cold in, in March in Michigan. But it is, it's a very easy drinking beer. You're not going to, you feel too buzzed or anything by it. And if you're in the right environment, I mean, it just, it's not too sweet. It's not too sour. It's a really good, bitter, fun 
take on the whole grapefruit IPA thing. So good points to, to Red Hair for that. And for me, other than that, what I would want to do on a March Madness Day is I would use this as my excuse to travel around the country and take beer from every, every like, like there's the five or six different, I think five different windows that they play games in. I'd want to get to do a beer from the teams playing in each one of those minutes if I could help it, or at least the the regions the games are getting played in and have some fun finding some beer. And that would be my excuse to to find a way to get uh, something from uh, from some of the breweries that we we don't have around here that we'd like to, like Treehouse and stuff like that. I'm not sure I could find it from Treehouse around here, but that's the thing. So I would do a beer tour, if you will, as opposed to just sticking to a six pack or something. But that's kind of how I usually work anyways. The only problem would be trying to figure out uh, in a short period of time where those beers are going to be from. But again, that's why it's fun. Anytime you have a good excuse to do something like that, why not? Because we, you and I both have been uh, involved in some messy Patty's days and some chill Patty's days, mm-hmm. and it always works. Everybody's Irish. It's wonderful. Everybody's Irish. A lot of green going on, though, and green's not my color. Yeah, Someone we can do the orange right? thing and mess with people. Because again, there's a the whole green orange thing. Those of you that that aren't familiar with the green orange piece, because I got pinched quite a bit when I was younger if I wasn't wearing green, because that's just a thing that my family thought was adorable and annoying. I thought it was annoying. Uh, but the green is the Catholic side. The orange is the Protestant side. And so if you really want to get into some culture war thing there, go for it. But so if you wear orange, orange, you can get away with, dude. No one no one should be able to give you too much orange crap to wear is orange. tremendously better than green. Just Agreed. Saying. Especially the green, no offense to, to, again, the Irish flag is wonderful, but it's that lighter green and lighter green, like deeper green, I can get behind. I can get behind that forest green kind of thing, but uh, yeah, the, the lighter green just doesn't you, do it for me. The only time you catch me wearing green is if I'm rocking some Celtics gear. Fair. And hey, or, that would be something or to do. Or do the hideous, like, Grant Hill era Pistons uniforms <laughs> that's, count? That's not green. That's teal. That is not... I'm colorblind. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, so were the Pistons when they tried to do that. All right, we're getting off uh, different sports. Let's get back to football. Let's get back to the NFC East, and I will start us off with the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles, and they've had some fun. More green, goodness. More green, and this green I'm not too upset about, right? But they've had some fun over the last couple days. Hey, you said, hey, Darius Slay, feel free to find a trade if you want to, buddy. And then they let linebackers go. And I'm not saying they let linebackers go. They're necessarily going to be starting for them, but they did that. They just paid Jason Kelsey $14 million to come back for another year at center. So at least that position is taken care of. But they still have a question mark with right guard. What are they going to do at running back? We don't know. I mean, are they good with Kenneth Gainwell and the other guys they've got? Are they going to try to bring Miles Sanders back? Miles Sanders obviously wants to get paid. So he's going to be somebody that's going to try to find something out. But I think the big question mark for them right now Outside of maybe adding a piece on the defensive line because some of the depth there, Fletcher Cox being older and being a, a, a free agent, Grant, Brandon Graham old as well, uh, do they go there with that route? But also the secondary feels like it's really unsettled right now with looking for a potential trade with Darius Slay, C.J. Gardner-Johnson being uh, a free agent. I don't remember if there's anything that's happened with him yet, but James Bradbury, same thing. So this is the secondary all of a sudden has become kind of a need and they're picking at 10 and so somebody like a Joey Porter Jr. could be the pick for them to make there because that that's all of a sudden seems like the the most unsettled position. And again, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of days. But between that, between a D-line piece and maybe an O-line piece and a running back, those are kind of the four areas that a team that seemed pretty solid coming into the start of the offseason now has several areas where they've got some question marks. All right, I'm going to take it to the great state of Texas here, guy. I'm going to talk about it. the Dallas... I want to do this, Cowboys. 
Doesn't it feel like they just want to do a lot of things? Like they want to bring back Fowler. They want to sign Bobby Wagner. They want to sign Odell Beckham Jr. Like mm-hmm. they need to start doing some stuff. They got a lot of they got a lot of holes. I mean, Wagner would be the guy I would be going after if I were them yeah. and all that stuff I just rattled off because they got to need a a linebacker because it's obvious Micah Parsons is more of an edge rushing outside linebacker force and mm-hmm. Van Der Esch and the Bar and those guys are all gone. I mean. They need someone in the middle. I know they brought back Donovan Wilson. That helps on the back mm-hmm. end, but they they've got some needs. Um, I know I know you could still throw a mate out there with, with Lamb and Gallup too, but mm-hmm. the Cowboys are they're picking at uh, where are they at? I thought they're like to late twenties, twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, twenty seven. Um, yeah, I mean they'd be a. I mean, we'll we'll see. It's interesting. Like it's it's weird that Jack Campbell is a guy that I compared to Leighton Vander Esch, right? Because I mean, they're I mean they got the same body structure, but I mm-hmm. mean even statistically in college, their seasons were pretty similar. It's a linebacker that got a, a hundred tackles and still got in there and got a, a, a very respectable amount of sacks. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the, their playing style is the same, but I mean. If he creeps his way into the first round, that's right in the range where we were saying he could go. His late twenties, you know, and and down, um, he could be a player they target. But if they sign Wagner, they obviously do not need that. You could insert any of the the typical wide receiver names, but man, how crazy would it be to see Zay Flowers and C.D. Lamb as a duo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the wide receiver would be where I would go, but wow, that would be crazy interesting. <laughs> Well, and again, they, they like their flashy picks down there in Dallas, so I could see them doing that even if it's not the best choice for them. And that's really where it gets interesting. This team is is not in bad shape on offense, and I feel like they need to do the same thing Detroit does, where they need to focus on defense, not because their defense was as bad last year, because they just have so many question marks of who's going to come back. And again, that's part of what the fun is right now, because by the next show we have, they could have patched a bunch of these holes. Don't Dallas fans really want I know they put the tag on Pollard, but – Seems like Dallas and Bajan Robinson just want us to throw that out there as a possibility. <laughs> Look, if they could find somebody to, to take, yeah, if they could find someone to take Elliott's contract, they would do it in a heartbeat. But no one's going to. Yeah, but you're going to tag Pollard and then draft Bajan. No, I, I actually to. would like. I would like it if they went a running back if they got rid of Zeke still because I don't know that Pollard can handle the workload all on his own. Sure, right. We'll see, but I I wouldn't go that. W- route in the beginning i mean if they don't go mm-hmm. any of the guys we talked about it would be the the next tier of those wide receivers it, or not mm-hmm. wide receivers sorry it'd be the cornerback so it'd be the cam smith the rushes mm-hmm. the banks you know it'd be all, all those guys but right and um, again the they're still picking again at 59 91 and you could look at some of those running backs and people like that mm-hmm. in that area too if you really wanted to go that route but again a lot of holes on defense for them yeah Man, don't take zay flowers that'd be maybe do it <laughs> I wouldn't mind him there. I wouldn't mind him there. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I was a huge Well, you'd rather him go to Dallas fan. than other places. Would that, would that be two fairly recent drafts where they took arg- arguably my top slash favorite wide receiver in each draft? Like, how would I not? If they had Lamb and Flowers <laughs> and they get rid of Zeke Elliott, how would I not mm-hmm. root for the Cowboys? Because Michael Parsons was oh. my guy, too. I'll give you one reason why you don't root for the Cowboys. Jerry Jones. In that division? In that division. Jerry Jones. That division, I don't like the other teams. Here's I, here's what I can tell you. I would prefer Jerry Jones 
over the guy that I'm about to talk about with the Washington Commanders because Daniel Snyder, uh, again, I don't know him personally, but it seems like he might be one of the worst humans right now. Like it used to be Donald's owning a football team. It used to be Donald Sterling with the Clippers and his complete and total misogynistic craziness. And it's been other guys, but it just seems like everything that's been coming out about Snyder, about him potentially, potentially, allegedly uh, defrauding his, his, uh, or their, the other minority owners and basically telling, not telling him about taking out a huge line of credit, millions of dollars, et cetera. And him basically paying, having his team pay him $4 million to put the logo on his planes. Like it's, it's the, the height of absolute ridiculousness from the stuff that's come out again, all this is allegedly, but it kind of tracks with everything that you've thought about Daniel Snyder being a punk about changing the name, about the culture in the workplace, about all that stuff. So overall, if I had to choose between Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder, I'll take Jerry Jones by the slimmest of margins. Like I kind of want to put both of them in a room and and punch them in the face, but uh, I might kill Jerry if I do that. And I don't know, Snyder. Anyways, the Washington Commanders as a team are in better shape than their ownership, and they'll be in even better shape once they sell the team. But that's just my little diatribe right there, because actually offensively, the only real question mark that they have, they could certainly do a little bit more uh, on the offensive line, is whether or not Sam Howell's the guy at quarterback. And they say right now they're going to roll with it. They just lost Taylor Heineke, uh, which is probably as much as I, I like, like I said, Heineke's a backup. It probably needed to happen because of the pressure that that would have put on as soon as Howell had a bad game, put in Heineke because everybody loves him, right? So they need to do something there, whether that's a another arm from a, a draft standpoint or more likely a veteran guy to come in. Uh, that's not a threatening veteran. So Nick Foles type or something like that. Uh, but then you look at the defense. The defense is mostly under contract. Their D-line looks good. Their secondary, I wouldn't be opposed to putting another guy in there to, to maybe bolster that a little bit. Cole Holcomb is the only starter that is a free agent, and while he's solid when he plays, he missed half the season last year. So do you make a move there? And so for Washington, is in surprisingly good shape, I guess. And they just obviously spent some money. One of the reasons why their offensive line is okay is because they're, they're supposed to be spending some money on Andrew Wiley, who – could probably take care of that right tackle spot. But again, uh, I think that they need to go uh, probably probably a corner is is more likely now, given where they're picking uh, right around the, the, the same spot as Detroit. And so that, uh, what are they, 16 spot could definitely be a corner. I mean, they could look at going maybe tight end there if they wanted to. They could grab a lineman if they feel like. I mean, the, the nice thing is they don't have a ton of holes right now. The question is how good are the pieces they have in place? I think I've said that with a couple teams so far. They've done a good job so far of managing the cap. So really, I think the biggest thing the, the commanders need to do is get rid of their owner and they'd be fine. That's number <laughs> one need for them. I, I'll give you that. Dan, I'm going to take it to your favorite team, the New York football Giants. Oh, jeez. I really thought we were done with this when the season ended. For nah. From a from a roster yeah. standpoint, this team has got some strengths, man. I mean, mm-hmm. they've they've invested in tackles recently with Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. taking a, an interior guy quite this early, based on some of their other needs, but mm-hmm. defensively, you know, I like Aziz Ojulari, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau up in the front. They just brought in Okariki. So what well, I'm getting at. It is a lot of money for them, but they still brought them in. They still mm-hmm. brought them in. So now you gotta you gotta look other ways. Um, but sure. they got two glaring needs to me: a cornerback and a wide receiver to help Daniel Jones here. <laughs> so instead of just going and listing players, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a different approach, and I'm gonna make mm-hmm. you choose what you want. 
for your favorite team. Uh, I want you to stop right, calling so, my favorite team. I know. We start there. So at 26, <laughs> let's say option one. Ooh. 26, you insert a DB. So like a Deontay Banks or shoot the moon for Akili Ringo. Pick mm-hmm. one. Who? Pick one of those two. Who would you just mm. – either way. Let's like... just say Banks or Ringo at 26. Pick right. whatever one you like. Right, and then at right. fifty-eight seems how you went corner there. Let's say wide receiver here. Let's say mm-hmm. like Raji Rice at fifty-eight. So pick Banks or Ringo, so we can do a two versus two. Which one would you rather have on those two? Let's let's go let's go with Banks just because I still feel like Ringo would okay. get about eighty-seven thousand penalties called on him. Okay, so we're gonna go Banks and Ringo, or you could go wide receiver first. So now pick mm-hmm. any of the, uh, an Addison, a Flowers, a Menjigba. Pick one. Right, since they've got the other guys, let's go. Let's go Addison because I think the other guys kind of duplicate some of what they've already got. Okay, so now you're gonna go Addison, and then you could go at 58 like a like a Julius Brents or a Darius Rush or something like that at corner. I feel better about that. Because I feel you like do? once you get Dang. to that, because here's what what's fun is like once I you feel get better past, the other way. I was gonna no, that's say what's fun. What you know, I would do we're in that sixty to sixteen to fifty section. Yeah, I would I would go I would shoot for the moon if I were them with Ringo and I would take Raji Rice because you know I, he's one of my favorite you wide do receivers love Raji in there. Rice, yeah, mm-hmm. Raji Rice is I think my favorite player out of any of the guys we just listed. Like he's <laughs> the best one out of all of right. them, and you're getting them later. So. That's why yeah. I say shoot for the moon with Ringo because he was CB1 at one point for almost the whole right. world. Well, and Ringo strikes me with the way that he plays that he could move over to safety at some point. They do have a hole there as well, so that's that's a hypothetical possibility. But uh, I just I just don't want uh, I don't want players I like to be on the Giants. So, and I like Keely Ringo. Mm-hmm. Or I like sorry, I like Raji Rice as well. So I yeah, do. Too. I mean, right? It should be fun to see what they some, do. Because again, New York some... is another team that feels like they're in they're in good shape if the guys play the way they should. Because, again, they, they're giving the bag to Daniel Jones, so he is their starter for the next you know, four or five seasons. Is he the guy they think he's going to be, or is he the guy he's been? Just because of some local, I got a sneaky feeling they're going to be the team that takes Zay Flowers. Yeah, sure, I can see that. Um, I, I don't know how well he fits because he I doesn't. think that between – Because, again, Wandale is already that guy. Sterling Shepard is already uh-huh. that guy. I mean, they'd have the shortest wide receiver room, I think, in the league. Uh-huh. I, I take it back. Should... Isaiah Hodgins is tall, but yeah. Oof. But otherwise, there's not a lot of tall guys <laughs> in there. Hey, maybe they, they got two other. Uh... Maybe maybe that second round pick. If you go with the DB that you liked in the beginning, maybe they go like an AT Perry and get some height. There you go. Or they could just uh, you know go the other route and double down on Ujilari's. Aha! They could do that. That'd be a lot of fun. Get the bros in hey. there. Right, especially if you just kind of transition them, flip them around, you know, have them swap jerseys mm-hmm. every day just to mess with people. But yeah, so the New York Football Giants, which is not my favorite team, is not a team I profess any level of love for, just to clarify JP's maddening obsession. Mm-hmm. They're there. They're a better team than I'd like them to be. They're certainly going to – they have a chance. I mean, here's the fun part. The, the As much as we think the South is a dumpster, dumpster fire that could go anyway, the East – has four teams that could all win that division depending on how things break. And that's what's happened for the past 16 years or whatever. There's been a different winner every year. And Philadelphia is a shaky hold on that top spot. Let's go out West and wrap this thing up. All right. I'm going to start things off. You starting? All right. I, I, I need to, I need to 
process and decide which way I want to go. <laughs> and I'm going to start alphabetically. I'm going to start with the Arizona Cardinals, who are in themselves a fire of dumpster-like proportions right now. There's a reason why they made them go away from Cliff Kingsbury, which was a strange hire to begin with. Uh, not saying Jonathan Gannon, uh, obviously one of the guys they poached from uh, from Philly. I'm saying poached, upgraded in that position from Philly. Uh, it's just they're in such a weird place right now. This is a team that Arizona Cardinals fans temper your expectations for the next couple of seasons. Hopefully, you won't waste all of DeAndre Hopkins uh, trying to be competitive, but your entire middle of your offensive line is a free agent, including the backups are free agents. So you've got all of those positions to figure out whether that's you, you spend money on some of the guys you've got or you bring in other pieces. But all of that is an area of concern on the defensive side of the ball. you got some backups across the board that, that you need to look at. But even then, the defensive interior line needs all kinds of help because they just had one of their free agents go away. The linebacker situation is a bit questionable. And Nick Vigil is... Uh, right now, Slot is one of the starting inside linebackers, and he was terrible last year. So they're probably going to move on from him to something else. But where do you go with that? Uh, the secondary is mostly settled, except for one of your corner spots. They still have Isaiah Simmons listed as a nickelback, as opposed to whatever the heck. He's just a piece they're moving around. Uh, it really cracked me up when I saw him as a corner on Pro Football Focus because he's 6'4", 234. He's not a corner. But here's the craziest part about all of this. I've talked about all of these things. If you look at our lads, if you look at the depth chart, their entire special teams is a free agent. Their punter, their kicker, their long snapper, their, their returner, all of them are free agents. So they got to figure out what they're doing there too. And this is a team that should not be, here's the fun part. This is a team that if Kyler Murray is back healthy next year, might struggle to 500. But if he's not healthy, they could be one of the top picks in the draft next year. And maybe next year they do what they did a few years ago and try to move on from Kyler Murray for the next big thing at, at quarterback. This is a weird situation for this team to be in. I can't disagree with any of that either, but I got another weird situation for you, Dan. Oh, go for it. That's San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Very, very good team who's got some question marks at quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they gave one of the most – Insane deals ever. So the probably the closest <laughs> thing to the the Robert Griffin deal I've, I've seen. Um, so we don't know what's going on with Lance. You saw the right. end of the year wonder from Purdy, and who knows if he'll even be ready after having the surgery. They right. brought in Sam Darnold. Everybody still keeps talking about is Tommy going to come out of retirement and go there? That's not happening. <laughs> but so they got questions at quarterback, but they're not going to do anything to address it. Nor could they if they even wanted to, because they don't pick until the 100 range where they have like three right. picks like they're almost like back to back i believe but mm -hmm. i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do this for fun because they have you can't speculate any of the top guys so here here are their biggest needs to me mm -hmm. and it's way different than what you see if you look like online like you'll see right. interior o-line and d-line very often as their biggest needs disagree with that yes they need a center sure. maybe i'll even throw one in here but their biggest needs here to me they need a Edge rusher opposite Nick Bosa. Right. Because they've got like four free agents in that group. The, the mm -hmm. like D line, I don't understand this. You have Hargrave, who they just signed. Oh, so maybe that'll go. So ahead. much money to him. It is. But you also have Armstead. You still have Javon Kinlaw, who I haven't given up on right. by any means. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is a corner, an edge rusher, a corner, and then maybe a safety. So just to 
mm-hmm. give you some ideas of what you could do because let me see exactly where they pick. They got 100, 102, and 103. So it is almost three picks back to back, which is which crazy. is nice. They must all be comp picks. Oh, um, they are. So in no they got those comp order, picks, and they got those comp picks by the way for the new way that they're doing some of the extra comp stuff because uh, they give comp picks for diversity and, yeah. hires. And so yeah, they they got uh, they 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 brought up some good guys, I guess, and so they get some picks for it. So let's just have some fun with this. Don't let's we get, always? Uh, those three positions there, like I really think like you could either take your shot at Clark Phillips, who's a guy who produced a ton mm-hmm. in college, Clark Phillips the third from Utah, and is just showed up two inches shorter than what he should have been and wasn't and all that athletic. You could shoot a shot there. You could also shoot a shot maybe at Garrett Williams if you didn't go Clark Phillips, who's a guy who mm-hmm. had a great previous year but tore the ACL and should be back healthy. So you could right. take a shot at one of those two guys. They could be there. And mm-hmm. then as far as interior line potentially being a, a center, I mean, you could you could take a shot. Maybe Olu Olu is there. If not, like a Ricky Stromberg, a guy that we liked from Arkansas yep. could be there. So you could, let's say, Garrett Williams, Stromberg, and then with the other pick, the biggest need, in mm-hmm. my opinion, someone opposite uh, the, the Bosa guy. Nick Bosa, the Bosa okay. that I liked, you know, right. that guy, the stud, the superhero. <laughs> um, what it, the, this is right around in the range, a guy that we've talked about before, but like a Yaya Diaby could go there. Sure. You could get uh, Brian Young there. You could get the Villami Fioco Jr. there. Jose Ramirez, maybe, if he mm-hmm. goes up that high. He had a pretty decent combine. So, yeah, you could throw one of those edge rushers there. But I like Yaya. So, Yaya sure. Diaby, Garrett Wilson, and Ricky Stromberg. You could do worse well, than I'm, that. Right, exactly. And that's the thing is like we talk about other teams and know they're in trouble, whatever. San Francisco's not in trouble. They just have a couple holes and they don't have high picks for them. But I think with you what they need to fill. No, exactly. It's working out for them. So uh, once again, you're one of your favorite teams, actually favorite teams, uh, is looking in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. The only question they have is who's going to be healthy to play quarterback because Darnold's gotten hurt too in the past. So yeah, they have three guys, but they have no guys. It's kind of hey, where as they're long at right as, now, right? As long as they each play around uh, five or six games. <laughs> Admittedly, yeah. Okay. Right now they're looking at Purdy like might have to come same. in at the end. So maybe you start right. with Darnold and then go to Lance and then Purdy and we'll see what happens. <laughs> and maybe yeah. one of them's back. By the time, you know, the third one it's goes gonna down. Be, <laughs> it's going to be an hey. interesting quarterback room. Hey, Kyle Shanahan believes he can coach quarterbacks, so this is going to be uh, one of his biggest adventures. There's no doubt about that. So uh, going up the coast to Seattle, I guarantee you Christian McCaffrey's about. taking some – sorry, just quick joke. I guarantee you Christian McCaffrey <laughs> is lining up at quarterback a couple times just for an mm-hmm. emergency situation. they got to give him case. some reps. Get him just in case. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they, they pulled that on him, I think, in uh, – uh carolina once or twice right and so uh, the seattle seahawks though they don't have a question at quarterback because they gave geno smith the most money geno smith has ever gotten in his career good for him by the way i mean we talked about him this dude up until last season had made about 10 million dollars in nine years which again that's it's it's still 10 million dollars i would take it but now after this past season he's up to like 17 million and then after this next contract, he's getting at least, I think, $30 million guaranteed out of this, which is awesome. It's good for him. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be good for the uh, Seahawks. We'll see what happens out of him next season if he still plays at the level he did this past year. But yeah, I can tell you right now, Seattle's in better shape with Geno Smith than they were with Russell Wilson. 
And I'm not saying that that's because Geno Smith is a more talented player. He's just a better fit. His attitude is better for what they need. And I think his style is better for what they need. So that's a good thing. They do have one wide receiver uh, position to figure out what they want to do with it with Laquan Treadwell and Marquise Goodwin, both being free agents, uh, their center. Kyle Fuller free agent. And I don't, I think some of their interior O-line is an area where they can address because they weren't amazing there uh, this past year. I think guard is something else that they can look at. They're obviously not going to take a guard at five if they end up still picking there. Because again, I think Seattle would definitely listen. Uh, if it comes up that let's say Arizona stays at three and takes uh, Will Anderson or whatever, and then Indianapolis takes a quarterback and there's still a quarterback sitting there at five. Seattle would be open for business. They'd gladly trade out of that spot, I think, and get some more capital out of it. But if they do t- stay at five, I mean, they've got some obvious options there. They could go uh, Carter. They could go somebody else along the line. Uh, I don't think they have as much of a need in the secondary necessarily. Uh, and so that's something where that the, the spot, like we would obviously have Detroit taking Gonzo at six. If those other guys are gone, that's not necessarily as big of an issue for them, but I think they would love Will Anderson there. There's no doubt they'd love him uh, with what they've everybody, got. And they could also everybody put, would love Will Anderson. Yeah. yeah. But with, uh, with Bruce Irvin potentially moving on, they, they could definitely do that. And with Puna Ford being a guy that they may or may not want to bring back, putting Jalen Carter at a three, four D tackle spot would be, I think something that he'd be having fun with too. So if they're up for the Jalen Carter thing with all the stuff, we still have to see what comes out with that. But Seattle is another team that's not in bad shape. This is a team we thought after the Russell Wilson thing was going to be, well, let's just lock them up for a three or four year rebuild. And we'll see what comes out of the backside when Pete Carroll's 80 or whatever. Right. But they're actually in pretty good shape. They have pieces in place. They have a couple areas where they need to address and they have the picks for it. And they still have a fire up trip playing fullback because Nick Ballor is still hanging around the league. And I'm very happy about that because that's the dude that I knew from my days at Central. So good to see that happening. Seattle, not in bad shape overall. Good for them to put themselves in where they, they made a painful decision at the time to move on from Russell Wilson, especially with the fans going to say, et cetera. But it's worked out. Now, I still don't think they're settled long term because Geno Smith is 33 and he's you got three years with him to figure out what you're going to do next to quarterback. And it's not Drew Locke. So the good thing for them is they don't need a quarterback at five. They can take a guy later on if they want to this year. They can look at next year, depending on how this season goes. So Seattle in surprisingly good shape. Surprisingly. <laughs> All right. Last team for me. I'm going to talk about the Rams, you know, and it's mm-hmm. obviously to tr- thank you. We got your sixth overall pick. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, um, boys. Yep. But they've, man, if they got some holes and I don't know what's going on, like, I think another team where starting, the bills come like, to. Three quarters of their defensive starting lineup are free agents. And who knows if Aaron Donald's retiring or not? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But <laughs> offensively, I like just the O line. We all know that I haven't been mm-hmm. a fan of that offensive line. So, I mean, they, they could go right. there. They could go O-line or anywhere on defense. Let's just leave it yep. at that. But let's talk about their picks real quick. So, I mean, they're, they're picking at, what, 37 and then 70 and 78. So, surprisingly, yep. that why does that feel like the best picks they've had in a long time? Well, it's because they are probably the best picks they've had in a long time. They still haven't had a first-rounder in, like, almost a decade now, it seems like. I know. It's wild. So, I mean, long story short, at 37, though, considering you have holes all over that offensive line, I mean, your top tackles are going to be gone. Maybe you take an Anton Harrison, or maybe mm-hmm. maybe you could get one of the centers. Maybe that's a John Michael Schmitz or a Whippler or something like that, or a Tipman, if you will. I'd love mm-hmm. to see Joe Tipman there because he he's huge and he could play guard. So I mean, sure, you could you could do that. That that is a possibility. But defensively, 
man, at th- I don't even know, at 37, there could be a, ton- <laughs> a whole slew of people who slide right. there. You could take like the Campbells, the Sanders, the Simpsons, the the mm-hmm. McDonald's, maybe Nolan Smith still slides that far. I doubt it. A Keon yeah. White, a Derek Hall. Like, you you, you get it. There's a lot of people you could do there. But down at 70 <laughs> and 78, you could be mm-hmm. talking about – you could be talking about some of those centers really going there. That's probably where the centers right. would go, to be honest with you. But I don't know. It, it may, I think they just go best player available pr- approach. I mean – Well, they need help at every layer of their defense. Every so, yeah. single one. So I, I just leave it at that. Rams fans just have a lot of fun. You actually got some picks, and you can go any direction. Just take best player available. Right, and that's the big thing, too, for the Rams as they go forward. Let Just accept that you won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Don't expect to contend and, and be happy about the next generation. All right, that gets us through all of the NFC teams. We managed to put a bow on that. Nice job, JP. And really, now the fun part is going to be everything we just talked about that could easily just come, go up and smoke as we go forward. Uh, for the next couple of days, free agency going to start in earnest where all those deals can get signed tomorrow. And then by the time we meet with you guys again later on this week or this weekend, somewhere in that ballpark, all of the stuff we talked about could change. And that's part of the fun. But again, after this week, we'll have a better idea of where quarterbacks are at, where different position players are at, where teams are at going into the draft. And we can kind of in earnest for the next six weeks, pound through everything that we love to talk about here on Draft Draft. Draft.